This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray, a member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie with Warrior Watch here on BPN Radio. So happy to be here with you this morning. Excited about what God is doing in this new year of 2017. It's a year that I believe the church has, a, has is arising to become the giant, the spiritual giant that God's called her to be. Um, I'm just excited to be a part of the Church of the Living God. I'm excited to uh, be able to host amazing people every week here on BPN Radio that can minister to you. And I'm extremely excited about uh, Dale Gentry and Dale and Jean Gentry, some of the finest ministry uh, on the face of the earth and what they're doing, you know, to be a part of what they're doing with this um, with this network and raising up prayer warriors across the nation. Today I have one of my favorite, part of our pastoral team, Pastor Jack Mooring here at Celebration of Life. Um, he, I'm so excited. Him and Whitney have moved from Nashville here back <laughs> home to Baytown to be a, a, a part of the team. And um, I, he is absolutely one of my favorite preachers uh, in the whole earth, on the whole earth. And part of it is not only is he amazing at communicating and gets a, a lot of revelation from the Lord that's just usually always profound for me, but he has such an humble heart and an amazing servant's heart. And I'm just really honored to have him today. And in fact, we're going to start having Pastor Jack, a Pastor Jack segment once a month, just because I just feel like that he has, he's a voice to the world. Uh, he's, he's a voice to America He's one of the voices that God is raising up in this last day hour to preach revival and prayer. And uh, I'm honored to have you here. And he happens to be my nephew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my Aunt Pastor Callie. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, we're going to talk about um, a message that he actually preached a few weeks ago about love. And it was very profound. And Jack, I just want you to just open up and tell the yeah. BPN radio audience uh, what God gave you about this subject. Yeah, well, at, gosh, probably a few months ago. Yeah, I, I, I was on the program last time. I mentioned that we're in a transition. You know, we yeah, uh, we're pastoring a church in Nashville. God called us out. Um, that season came to an end. We moved here. So it's like this. Anybody who's been through a transition knows it's just like it's a wild time. You know? Sure. And so I just seeking the Lord, and and I was actually spending some time with God, and I heard um, I was listening to a message that Bill Johnson was preaching, and he said something profound that hit me, you know, in the heart. And, uh, he said, he said, you know what? He said, Jesus came for so many different reasons. Um, he said, you know, he said, he actually, he actually had done a study on it in the Bible, all the, all the reasons that Jesus came, you know, right. to defeat the works of the devil, to, to heal the sick, to, uh, you know, set people free to obviously to be our savior. They said, all of those points are actually sub points of a greater point. And he said, and the greater point is that Jesus came to reveal the father. Wow, and he said that, and like my heart kind of left when I heard it. But I, I mean, I, I know you probably felt this before. You hear something that sounds good in a sermon, and you're right. like, "I hope that's true." You know, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you're really honest, like yeah. you, you want it to be true, right. you're like, 
And me, I'm kind of a skeptic and, and sort of a more a little analytical anyways. Right. So like I'll, I'll listen to, first of all, I've had to have a change of heart the way I listen to messages. I used to listen to message, messages in a skeptical way, but the Lord convicted me of that and said, hey, listen from a posture of honor and receptivity. Right. And then, right, and right. then, and then go home and kind of, if you have any questions, seek, seek it out with a, yeah, with a study so it with good. a good heart. Because so a lot of times that people think they're doing God a service by being skeptical of messages and you're not, No. you know, you're, you're just not going to receive anything. You <laughs> well, know? there are some things that you will never understand. It's called faith a, until a, we get to heaven. Absolutely. So I went home and I was doing research and it's like, God, I, I like, is that true? Did Jesus really come to reveal the father, you know? And and I know that in my heart, you know, and all the Christian things to say, but deeply, I really wanted to believe that, sure. you know, like deep down, you know. And I felt the Lord say, Jack, go, go just look up, go look up love in the Bible. And, and there's this kind of term that theologians use called the, the law of first mention. Right. And, uh, you know, th there's a topic you want to research in the Bible, go find the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, because the first time it's mentioned sort of sets the tone and defines that topic sure. or idea sure. for the rest of the Bible. So I go, all right, I want to see, when was love first used in the Bible? I, I didn't know. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't really know when love was first used in the Bible. I, I was kind of surprised that I'd never thought to look that up. And uh, so I get my concordance and kind of looked it up and try to find. And, and it was in Genesis chapter 22. So literally the word love is not used in the Bible until Genesis chapter 22. Wow. Which is kind of crazy because you think it'd be used maybe, you know, creation. Of course, the concept of love is it's all through the Bible. page one, right, you know, right. but the, the literal word love in Hebrew is not used until Genesis chapter 22. And here I am sort of questioning this in my heart going like, God, like it, what's the ultimate revelation of you? I mean, I, 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 is, is what Bill Johnson said true? Did Jesus really come to reveal the father? You know, was that his, his ultimate, ultimate mission, mm -hmm. you know, and in my heart, I, I, I felt that it was true. So I go to Genesis chapter 22. So this is God and the Holy Spirit, who's the author of the scriptures, choosing very specifically when to unveil the word love in the Bible. Okay? This is love's debut wow. in all of scripture. Wow. Okay? And it's this. It's Genesis chapter two, chapter 22, verse 2. And this is God talking to Abraham. He said to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go there to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So, like, you know, I about fell off the floor there when I read that, first and foremost, just because the first obvious one is that God introduced the, the, the concept of love in the Bible from a father giving his only begotten son. Wow. So God's wow. setting the tone for, for salvation. For salvation. Yes. He's saying, I, I, you know, it's, it's Genesis chapter 22, and he's already telling us, I'm coming to get you. Yes. I'm coming to rescue you. I have a plan. I'm sending my only son, slain before the foundation of the world. That it alone is it's amazing. Huge. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but what Bill Johnson was saying, that's a sub point to a greater point. And there's actually a greater point of the scripture. And that is God chose with this scripture to unveil the concept of love. He could have unveiled it in so many different ways. He could, he could have unveiled it from the perspective of creator and creation. You know, because a creator loves his creation, sure, right? Sure. Uh, he he could have unveiled it as just you know a God sort of loving his people, right? And that's, that's a huge, great huge. picture too. Right. It's amazing. He unveiled the concept of love with a father and a son. It's almost as if as if God was saying, literally, there's really no better picture I can find 
to 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 uh, kind of convey love to you than than the than the relationship of a father and a son or a father and his daughter. And 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 God is defining love for us in this moment. And for for me, you know, I I have an amazing father. You know, I, I know some people might be listening to this and just going, I I I have a hard time with the father God thing. Sure, right? sure. Um, because they they either had an abusive father or or non-existent or non-existent father. father uh, yeah. It's just who was there or just literally not there. Um, and you know, I was thinking about this the other day that I, I have an amazing dad. You know him. He, he's your brother-in-law. He's brother an amazing man. Uh, yeah. He's. You know, he's just an exceptional person. I mean, he just he serves and gives and loves and like, and like, he, I, I want to be like him. You sure, know, me I, too, I can't sure. imagine having a better father. No. I mean, he's not perfect, but there's he, not a he's, better he's man dang close. I mean, like, I mean, he's an amazing man. If there was a fourth person in the Godhead, <laughs> Pastor Todd would be that. Absolutely. I mean, it's cra- <laughs> It's really crazy. I, I don't. I don't even know how he does it. So, so I have an amazing father. And I still have a hard time with this concept, you know, uh, uh, on, on some days, you sure. know? And so I, I just want to encourage those who are out there. I mean, you have a hard time with kind of grasping Father, Father God, God it, 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 because you had a, a bad early father. And I just want to tell you, you're not broken. You, it's not, you're, you're not less than because you had sort of a bad relationship yeah, with your father. Yeah, because you don't have a revelation yet. The, the reason this is kind of hard for us to understand sometimes is because we're dealing with God, and and He is so much higher than we can ever imagine mm-hmm. or, or process. So so we're trying to wrap our minds around this. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes, and so it's a process. It's a journey, and and so just be encouraged. If you have a hard time with it, man, I have a hard time with it sometimes, and I have an amazing Father. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the the journey and the process. But so Genesis twenty two, God's literally revealing the concept of love, for, uh, uh, in the context of Father Son. And so that was amazing. So I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool. So I go, hey, like, let's see, what's the first mention in the New Covenant? Like the New Testament, you know? And uh, so I did some research, and it, it's Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 13, okay? Um, and let me pull it up here because I, I want to I quote it right. Um, so obviously there was 400 years of silence sure. <laughs> before Jesus comes on the scene. I'm trying to imagine that 400 years of God literally not speaking to no, anybody no on the voice. planet. right. Uh, and he's he's setting us up. He's setting us up for Jesus to come. And and uh, um, I, I'm trying to imagine. You know, I, th- I think some of us have kind of had times where we felt like, you know, we weren't hearing from God. You know, um, or we were having a hard time hearing God's voice. Like just kind of a desert kind of time. Sure. Um, that happened to the entire planet for 400 years. That's uh, that's really hard for me to even imagine. I mean, we kind of we kind of take that for granted sometimes. That's crazy that's like crazy. that's amazing um and it's kind of like it, it's kind of like god i, I was going to ask him lord why, why does he do that you know and i feel like one of the reasons he was he was setting the stage for jesus's voice to be crystal clear it's kind of like when you know it's kind of like when, when, when you've drank a lot and your stomach's full water just doesn't taste very good right, to you right. right but when you're thirsty Water is the best drink in the world, right? Right. right? right, right, right. <laughs> but when you're trying to chug a lot of it, it doesn't taste very good. And it's like God was, God was like making us thirsty, making us thirsty. And so we see Jesus breaking the silence, and and so here is the first mention of love after 400 years of silence. Wow. Okay, from from God, the first mention of love in, in the new covenant. It's Jesus about to start his ministry. Jesus is baptized. He comes out of the water. 
Verse 17, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son Wow. with whom I'm well pleased. Wow, Jared. In the old covenant and in the new covenant, the both first mentions are a father and a, and a son. son. God is over and over trying to tell us that, that you can know me in so many ways, but the ultimate way you can know me here, and I believe this, the ultimate way we can know God is, is, is God the Father. Jesus came to reveal God the Father. The, 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 in, in the entire trinity, the entire triune God um, is trying to tell us what the Father's like. Wow. And, and many of us kind of believe that, you know, God just, he just, he disappointed with us, you know? And, and uh, God saying, I love you, it, it, particularly in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 here, this is before Jesus started his ministry, before he had ever done anything for his Father. God saying, I am pleased with you. I'm proud of you before you, um, you know, step on the field. Uh, Smith, my son, he's six years old. He played baseball for the first time uh, this last year. And uh, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty coordinated. Like he, he's, sure. he's, he's good at sports, you know. Um, but I knew like baseball is kind of a com complicated kind of sport. Yes. And it's real competitive. And all these other kids on his team had been playing since they were like three years old, sure. you know. And so I'm going like, oh so man. Had an edge on it. I was like, this isn't going to be good, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he's going to do good, but he, he's going to see that he's not as good as them. Right. So like, like he did really well. But I tried to make a, a a a point of every time we were in the van before we went out in the field, like I'd look at him and say, "Son, I'm proud of you." Like before you get out there, I want you to know I am proud of you. Yeah. You know, and um, this is literally God doing that. It's like Jesus before he gets into the baseball field, the father going, "Son, look at me." I know you're about to start ministering. I know you're about to lay your life down. That's great and everything. But I'm proud of you now. But I'm proud of you now. Yeah. I'm proud of you now. And we need to hear that from the Father. We, we, we need to hear from Him that He accepts us as we are right now. Right now. And I think we have a hard time with that because we, we have standards for ourselves. We see that the Bible has standards for us. Sure. But they're impossible standards if we don't understand that, that God accepts us as we are right now by His grace. Uh, and and wants to transform us and make us more like him. You know, Jack, um, I've been serving God since I was 16. I got, you know, really filled with the Holy Spirit at 16. And I wish I could tell you that the first, you know, I'm 56. Yeah. Okay, so that's 40 years ago. Yes. Okay. I wish I could tell you that in the first 20 years I had a real concept of his love. Yeah. I wish I could tell you in the first 30 years I understood it. 35. In the last two years, I have gotten, and I, of course it's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to know, but I have truly received a revelation of how much he loved me. And not at the times that I felt the most triumph. Yes. Or the most, uh, um, I felt like I had the most ability. Big victory, yeah. Yeah. Or felt, you know, good because I'd accomplished something. But it was actually in my weakest moments that I felt Holy Spirit so close and his love poured on me so strong and it overwhelmed me. Yeah. It overwhelmed me. Yes. And, and I think, I know the revelation of his love is yeah. what truly transforms us. It's really what transforms us. And we're, all, we're constantly on that journey of transformation. Yes. yes. But the revelation of his love is what brings the peace, the joy, the fulfillment, and really helps us to obey him. Yes, yes. Well, my, my, my wife, um, 
you know, she's smaller than I am. She's actually very quiet. Um, I, I, you know, the reason I stay faithful to her, the reason I try to please her, the reason I try to do my best to love her well, isn't because I'm scared she's going to beat me up. Right. <laughs> because right. She's physically smaller than me. Uh, uh, it, it's not because I'm scared she's going to flip out of me. She actually has a very even Calm personality. personality right. I, 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 none of that's there. What keeps me faithful to her? Because because she's not a very wrathful person at all, you know? Right. You'd think, man, like, you know, it'd be hard to stay faithful to a person like that. Well, it's very easy to stay faithful to a person like that. And the reason I stay faithful to her is because I know she loves me and I love her. Love is the only thing that can keep us pure, right. that can keep us committed to God. Right. Now, the law actually works for a little while. It really does. Like, like you know, fear works for a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not consistent. It's not sustainable. No. It's not sustainable. And 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 you and 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 yeah. And I see it all throughout the church. I, sure. I see people trying their best uh, to please God all the time, and they're just miserable. No, you know? it, it has to come from a place of love. And the more we know who we are in Christ, we the more we know how how loved we are. Really, knowing yes. who you are in Christ is knowing how loved you are. That's, yes, that's really. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. That's it. It's knowing how loved you are and how, you know, and like you said, Pastor Jack, when we come from all these different scenarios where we either didn't have a father or we had a father that was there that wasn't emotionally there or maybe maybe in some cases where, like you, you had a great father and, and we live in a fallen world and yes. we have things going on. You know, sometimes yeah. we still don't have the complete revelation. Yep. But that knowing who we are in Christ is actually having a revelation of how much he loves us. Yes. And in that love comes the freedom yeah. to live holy, to yes. overcome, to make changes for God to actually change yes. us supernaturally. It's only in that revelation. So I find myself praying on a consistent basis. I'm not going to say every day, but consistently once or twice a week, I'm like, Jesus, show me your love for me. <laughs> because yeah. I can't give love I don't have. Yes. Reveal your love for for me and help me to receive it and then help me to see your creation yeah. and your people the way you see them and yes. help me to show that kind of love. That is a lifelong journey. Well, it, 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 and the reality, it, that hits the nail on the head. We wonder why we have a hard time sort of like wanting to witness to people or pray for people or take risks to love other people. And you'll never have the motivation to love other people if you, if you think God's mad at you because you think God's mad at them. You know what? That's exactly right. You know why? Why, why do they deserve it? Because because you don't think God's you deserve mad it. at me. Why will he be anything yeah. but mad at them? Exactly that's really right. Good, and and, and that, that, that's what Jesus meant, I believe, by love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if you hate yourself, you can't love your neighbor. No, you can't. You hate your neighbor, and so so in, in in that communion with God, and it's about covenant. It's about covenant. Like like I I you know we're in, you're in a covenant relationship with God. And uh, I was reading, uh, Derek Prince wrote a book on holiness, which is amazing. And he talks about God's, uh, God's mercy uh, in the Old Testament. The word mercy, typically it's hesed. And he's done years of study on that word. And of course it means forgiveness. Of course it means sure. you know, all, all these things. But he said the best definition he could find for it is that hesed means that he's a, a covenant-keeping faithfulness. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So so God will always, a covenant is a relationship. And God will always keep up his end of the bargain. Always. Always. 
We we won't. No, but he will. How many times he has covenant keeping faithfulness. Yes. And and so um, and there's actually an amazing thing in the Old Testament too with with Abraham. Um, that when God revealed his his covenant to him, uh, God God made God made a covenant with with Abraham and actually told him to tear up the animals in pieces. You yeah. know, uh, which is kind of this bizarre thing. And Abraham cuts animals in half and like. You know, walks between the aisles. This really weird ceremony, and actually, it's an ancient ceremony that 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 part of the world would do at, to to make a covenant sure. with someone. They would actually even do it for business deals. They would they would basically what they were saying is, hey, if I don't keep up my end of the bargain on this business deal, if I if I you know uh, mess around with you, let me be cut to pieces like these animals. Wow, that's what they so were was, saying. That was okay. That so sense. so God tells Abraham to do this. He must have been shaking his boots, going. God's doing this covenant ritual thing with me. Which means I better keep up. I've got to keep my end of the bargain <laughs> or I'm going to be cut to pieces. Yeah, because, you know, that's the law. It he must have been grace. flipping out. Yeah. Sure. And amazingly, if you go back and read that, Abraham never had to walk through the pieces. God walked through the pieces. Wow. And God was saying, I'm going to keep the covenant. I, I'm, I'm not only going to keep my end of the bargain. But Abraham, even when you fail in your end of the bargain, I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to redeem it. And he's saying, he said, not only let, let, let me be cut to pieces if I keep on me, let me be cut to pieces if you keep uh, mess up your end of the bargain. And he was on the cross. He was, Jesus was literally torn to pieces because we couldn't keep up our end of the bargain. And he did it for us. He's a covenant keeping God. Yes, he and, is. And, um, and it's, we, we, we can't exhaust the, the, this idea of his grace and his love. It's, 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 it's so deep, and I, I think we should consistently, as you're saying, I mean, every day if we can, have some kind of moment where we say, God, remind me of how much you love me. Remind me of how deep your grace is, of how, how committed you are to me. We can't ask it enough. No, we can't ask it enough, and that is the only way that we're going to be able to really walk out our destiny, which is to show the love of the Father yeah. To build the kingdom of God is yes. actually walking in his love. That's exactly Because you right. think about it. If I'm not building God's kingdom, I'm building mine. That's so I'm either, I'm either building my kingdom and loving just me, which yeah. is nothing wrong with loving me as a part of loving God, but I'm either just loving my agenda mine, or I am totally surrendered to what God's called me to do, and I'm loving everyone around me, including myself, in that mix. Yeah. And But doing it as unto the Father and putting the putting the Lord first and everything. The only way I can do that is to get a revelation of his love. Yes. And, and how much he loves me. You know, I, when I first, um, real quick before, when I first was helping mentor one of the ladies, that's an amazing woman of God. She came to me and she wanted to know that about the gifts of the spirit. And she wanted to know about, you know, uh, speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit. And she had been concerned and she had all these different philosophies and she really needed someone to teach her that she trusted. And, and I took on that role but she began to explain to me what she had been studying, which was love. She had spent two years studying love. And, and I stopped her and I said, if you never got any other concept, you've got the most important concept. Because yes. the Bible says without love, yeah. nothing else even matters. And, and the gifts of the Spirit aren't safe without love. No, nothing is safe that we do without love because yeah. then it becomes legalistic, yeah. harsh, mean. Yes. We're no different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I want to take a minute and we're going to have a quick song and I want y'all to worship with us uh, by Brian and Katie Torwalt and uh, we'll be right back in just a few minutes.
Well, I'm, it's been so amazing spending some time with Pastor Jack today talking about love and really how God is revealing to Pastor Jack the what love really means to the Father and and what, what the Father is actually doing through the sacrifice of His Son in revealing His love to us. And um, it's been, it's, so far it's been, a revel, it's been a real revelation to, to me who I've studied the Bible my whole life. So we talked about the law of the first mention, and you talked about the first mention in the Old Testament and then yeah. the first mention in the New Testament. Let's, let's go on and dig a little deeper into this, Pastor Jack. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think, you know, um, as I was saying, that, that Bill Johnson quote it got this all rolling for me. Uh, kind of messed me up a little bit in a good way, and um, that that Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to show us what the Father's like. Right. I, I think we've kind of had this idea of God. We picked it up along the way that a good cop, bad cop, you know. Right. <laughs> that that um, <laughs> that Jesus that that that, that the Father's mad and he's Je- the bad cop. Jesus is the good cop. And Jesus saves us from him, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, and, and that, that's because we've been preaching the gospel of salvation instead of preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Wow. Because salvation is just a part of the kingdom. Yes. That's not the part. whole thing. Right, right, right. You know, and we've made salvation the whole thing, right? right. You know, we're saved from the wrath of God. Jesus and, and you know, the sort of atonement thing is, is that all we talk about. And it's like, well, that's only part of the story, you know. And... and and by, by, by the way, the, the salvation just gets us into the kingdom. Yes. Uh, my friend, uh, Terry Bennett, he says this. He says, uh, salvation was not the plan of God. Or he said, salvation is not the plan of God. He said, salvation gets us back to the plan of God. That's exactly right. And, you know, I heard um, Jenny Donnelly say this last week at FIRE, and I thought this was so good. She said, the Lord told her, you're not a, you're not a Christian woman, you're a kingdom woman. Yeah. And that's exactly right. We're called. Yes. Back in, we're, salvation gets us back into the plan of God, and then we are called to be a part of building His kingdom here on earth. Well, speaking of first mention kind of stuff, um, what, what was the first thing that that, um, that John the Baptist said? Uh, um, that was really kind of the first moment uh, that, that a prophet, right, has come in on the sure. new covenant and speaking the word of God. He's saying, "Repent." For, for the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, heaven is at hand. hand. It's right. here. It's right. here. So from the beginning, it was all about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. It's about God restoring the kingdom. It's not just. It wasn't just about saving us so we could go to heaven. It, it, it was about bringing heaven to earth, heaven right? To right. Earth. Uh, bringing His kingdom here, reestablishing yes. the way we were before our pre-Adamic state. Yes, that's exactly right. Jesus died to give us back everything we lost in the garden. Yes. And the thing is, we access that through salvation. We can't, like, like Terry yeah, said, only one way. we get back Jesus. to actually walking out the plan of God through salvation is the door. Mm-hmm. It's the door to enter back into the kingdom relationship. But then you walk out that kingdom relationship by revelation of God's love and then walking by faith. Yes. And you receive back. In other words, you break every generational curse. You get cleansed from your sin. Yes. You begin to walk in abundance and prosperity. You begin to walk in healing and life. And that's a process, Yeah, but it's all ours. It's been paid for. Yes, that's exactly right. And and uh, actually, Bill Johnson talks about this in his book, He's uh, uh, God is Good, that he just released. He says, um, when Jesus said, I came to, uh, oh yeah, deliver us from evil in, in the Lord's Prayer, right? He says, deliver us from evil. That word evil there. Um, uh, it means sin. It's the Greek word for sin. Sure. But the root word of, of, of that Greek word means sickness. Wow. 
and the and and, and then the, then the root word of that Greek word means poverty. So he came to deliver us from sin, sin sickness, sickness, and, and poverty. poverty. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And 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 once again, it's in it's in covenant relationship with him. Sure. It's in it's the context of because people get freaked out about the word prosperity and everything. And I had actually I I Callie I had I didn't notice this, but the past several years I'd sort of like you know we grew up in a home that talked about. And I think it really in a healthy way that God wants to prosper us. Sure, sure. You know, not in some, you know, kind of big, I want a big car, big yeah, house. Yeah, name thing. it and claim it yeah. in a bad sense. It was just really healthy. Like, listen, give to God and he'll give back to you. Press down and shake it together. Sure, which Everything is true. you have is his. He wants He wants to bless you. Sure. And we started traveling to kind of, and it's kind of some different streams of the church and stuff like that. And I, I kind of started, there's a lot of streams of the church who just, that's a bad word. You know, prosperity is a, a bad word, mm-hmm. and 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 I feel like the Lord's kind of reminded me it's not a bad word. No, it's not. <laughs> it's his heart. He's a father. Well, prosperity is not just about money. Yes, it's about nothing missing, nothing broken. So good. Nothing missing. So it means prosperity of the soul, prosperity in my relationships, yes. prosperity with my children, prosperity with my finance, prosperity in my health. Yes, it's a. It just means wholeness. Yes, and if there's anything broken in my life. God died on the cross it. to redeem that piece of my life yes. and to bring me back to a nothing missing, nothing broken, pre-Adamic state, which yes. is like we were in the garden. That's so good. Well, and, and once again, once again, if our primary revelation of, of God is just this impersonal power up mm-hmm. there, we have a hard time believing that. I know. I but know. but if, I, if our primary relationship with, with of, of revelation of God is Father, then we can receive it. We can. Because... Because any of us who have kids, understand? Do we want our kids to have stuff missing in their lives and stuff broken in their lives? No, no. Like it's just it's just our identity. And if you, know? you do, there's something really bad, sick, wrong. Because yeah, exactly. N- nine times out of ten, you're gonna not only not want nothing missing, but you're gonna be willing to lose a body part. Yes. To get get them what they need because they're your children. Yes, and that's my point of bringing up these first mentions, because because. I, I think I've noticed myself sometimes. I, I'll, I'll go, man. I, 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 I have three kids, and I'll look at the way I love them, and and I'll say, I wouldn't want anything bad bad to happen to them. I, I actually want to bless them. You know, I I want to give them stuff they don't need. You know, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> he's like, like, the, the, what, sure. you know, what, what excites you more as a parent? Buying your kids diapers or buying them a toy? Sure. Watching right? them, watching their face light up. That's exactly right. Like, here you go. Here's a sweater and some diapers because that's all you need, you know? <laughs> like, no, like, we, it's like, <laughs> right. we, 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 we enjoy Christmas because right. it's like. You get we, stuff you don't need, exactly stuff you right. want. And, and, uh, and, yeah, um, I heard someone say this. They said, they said, Somewhere along the way, I, I, I thought that God was an orphanage director who's just responsible for giving me for, what I for, need. for giving me, you know, three meals a day and a bed at night. That He said, God's actually a father. Yeah. And he, he wants to give me the best. And, and so, so we, we, we really, it's really vital that we believe this, that God is a good father. Um, he's, he, he, he's way better parents than we could ever be. And we really, really need to understand that and believe that. Because if we don't, We'll have a hard time receiving blessing from him, expecting uh, sure, blessing from him, sure. uh, because we view him as an orphanage director. And hey, I got my ticket well, in. Well, you know, the I orphanage. watched with my own children, and like you come, or my nieces, nephews, the grandkids, whatever. Yeah, they come in the house. They don't come and ask me. Yeah, Nimble, can 
I have a drink of water. And beg, have, beg for it. Can yeah. I have a piece of candy? They just go to the refrigerator and open it up, yes. and anything that's mine, they know is theirs. Yes. They they go to, yeah. they get in my <laughs> purse, and they'll dig out dollar bills. They don't even ask me. They just dig it out. Yes. I mean, I'm their <laughs> mima. I'm their mom. My kids don't shake when they have to call and ask me to help them with something. Yeah. They know that if they call me and there's any way in my power to help them, well, and, and mama's the going to do the, it. The reality is we need, you need permission. Okay. And that, that, that that's, that's a, that's an instinct for us. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to break rules. We, we know we have to have permission to do certain things. Jesus gave us permission. Yes, he did. That's yes, what he did. Yes, he did. He gave us permission to enter the father and enter boldly and enter the throne room boldly, you know? And, and, uh, we have the yes of God. We have the permission of God in, in Christ Jesus, and um, and I, I I just it's we we can't we can't think about this and study this enough honestly because and I think we really need to circle back to it like I said regularly because there's such a striving and such a proving and and we're constantly being barraged with the world um, that says you're not good enough yeah um, your value is in what you do. And what you can offer, and it's the exact opposite of the kingdom. Yeah. The exact opposite of the kingdom. Your 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 our value is defined by by the Father. Right. We're he, the we're we're the son and daughter. Yes, he's the only one that gets to decide our value. Yeah. He's the only one right. because he's God, and 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 um and we can't argue argue with him on this point. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I was actually thinking the other day on this and just just praying, just going like God, just I. Uh, you know, so many people just hate themselves. And I started writing, and I could kind of read it. Sure, absolutely. Um, I started writing this, and I just feel like maybe it's for somebody. Um, probably take about five minutes to no read problem. it. A little read bit more. Um, I wrote this. It said, God is love. Why do we have a hard time believing that? Why, why do we hate ourselves sometimes? Well, I, I think we hate ourselves because there is a standard we know we are not reaching. What, what is that standard? Morality, responsibility, beauty, success, service, contribution. But what are these things except that they are from God first? Mm-hmm. Morality wouldn't exist without Him. Beauty, success, service, contribution, all of it. Everything we strive after, every standard we set, sees its epitomization in Him. Yeah. He does not just meet every standard. He doesn't even just exceed the standard. He is the standard. Yes. So at the most at the most fundamental level, we want to measure up to God. These standards we're setting are us trying to measure up to him. How ridiculous is that? It's like the it's like the Mona Lisa yeah. hating herself because she is not Da Vinci. Even though throngs of people come to lavish her with attention and adoration, it's not enough. She wants legs and lungs and a beating heart. But this, of course, is not possible because she is a painting and she can never be the painter. She's a created thing and he is the creator. She must be content that she must be content that the painter loves her. And even though she'll never measure up the, to the standard of being the painter, she measures up to the standard given by the painter. Wow. She'll never be the painter because the painter is a human being with a nervous system and a soul. And she's just canvas and oil. She has to accept herself. So the first and deepest problem with the world 
is that we are not God. Yet in some form or another, we're trying to make ourselves gods. And all sorts of disappointment and suffering follow. There's a second problem, though, and it's much more damaging. If the first is, is about us not being God, the second is about us not pleasing God. See, what, what if the Mona Lisa came to grips with the fact that she was just a painting and she'd never be the painter? Yay, freedom! She's free to just be. But imagine that one day, someone in the line of people looking at her said, you know, it, it's really weird that this painting is so popular because da Vinci never really liked it. This, of course, was a lie spoken by an ill-informed onlooker, but that never really matters. What matters was that she heard it. The person simply stated what the Mona Lisa had suspected all along. She wasn't who everyone thought she was. She was a fraud who would be found out. That although the whole world loved her, she didn't have the love of the one who painted her. This is the lie that is told to us about God. We pick it up somewhere along the way. That the painter really doesn't like the painting. See, this painter has exacting standards. He's a genius, after all, and it takes something truly special to please him. So the second problem goes something like this. Yes, I may not measure up to the standard I have for God, but I'll never measure up to the standard he has for me. In other words, he created me, but he doesn't like me. Mm. I'm a disappointment. That's right. He has a standard for me that, it, that I'm not meeting, and he's not happy about it. It deals with abandonment because, because once we had a father and he discarded us and, and, and because we didn't meet, meet his expectations. All of us who know about God have this problem to some degree or at some point in our lives. See, it's well and good when we don't meet our standards. We don't like it. But we get up and dust ourselves off and keep trying. But when we feel like we're not meeting the standards of, of, of God, it's devastating. The whole message, message of Scripture is trying to, to dispel this lie that God the Father, God the Creator, God the Painter, He is shouting to us through His Word, through yes. creation, through the Gospel, through Jesus. I am not embarrassed of you. Yes. I didn't create you to discard you. I created you to celebrate you. Yes. And um, and I I think we we really believe that sometimes that the painter painted us, but just decided one day that it, the painting is not I good didn't, enough. You know, and, I, I and, mess up. And, 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 and the reality is that it's that it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa, and a thief comes and steals it, and he spends the rest of his life and the rest of his fortune going to find her, and this is what God did for us. The enemy stole, stole us, from uh, from, from the painter. We are works of art. Right, we are we are right, we are right. amazing creations of God. The enemy stole us, and and. And the painter, the father, he said, I'm going to do whatever I can to get him back. You know, uh, Jack, I believe this so much. Um, we, Pastor Todd Cindy and I went to Tampa, Florida to Rodney Howard Brown's um, winter camp meeting. One of the nights there, the Spirit of God hit me and I hit the floor and I was literally pinned to the floor. I don't wow. know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And God began to show me like a video reel of my life. And he was showing me clips where I did things to please him. And it was things that caused yeah. him... He, I, I kept seeing clips of my life, and then I saw his face, and there was so much pleasure. Yeah, he was so uh, and, and that's all I... I mean, literally, it was like video <laughs> clips from the time I got saved, you know, all the way through my life. Actually, there was actually a few clips before I got saved, just 
you know, I guess as a child when he had dealt with me. When I got up off the floor, I was, first of all, I was, couldn't hardly say anything. I was so moved. I, I can't even tell you what that did for my heart and my spirit. But that night as I laid in the bed thinking about what had happened to me and the fact that I saw those cups, I said, Lord, where were my failures? Where wow. were the times? Because that's what I think about. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's our highlight reel of a lot. Yeah, that's our, that's our highlight reel. Yeah. And I said, where, were, where was this thing and this thing? And I'm talking to God about it. And I'm just sitting there. Where, where were they? They weren't, on the, they weren't there. Yeah. And, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Callie, they're not there. I don't see them. Wow. Wow. I don't see them. Wow. You're my, you're my beloved. You're my girl. That's what he said. You're my girl. Wow. Wow. And I'm so pleased with you. And it overwhelmed me, John. Wow. It overwhelmed me. Because when I look back over my life, yeah. in the past, I've seen every shortcoming. Yes. I've seen the times that I disappointed the Lord. More importantly, dis- more importantly, disappointed myself. Yeah. And it was so amazing when I realized that God did not, not only what did he not think about it, it wasn't even in the real. Part of the conversation. It wasn't even a part of the conversation. Yes. So, Well, the blood of Jesus is that powerful. That's how powerful it was. So it, it that since that experience, and that's just been a few weeks ago. It's amazing. I have just been amazed. And I just keep saying, God, your love is beyond my comprehension. Yeah. I can't even comprehend as much as I love my children and as much as I love my you and yeah. Leland and Shelly and the people of this church and my friends and family. I mean, I'm a lover. I'm a lover by nature. That's who I am. Yes. That's that's the DNA. I am a lover. Yeah. As much as I love and can love and have the capacity to love, we get I it from can't him. even. Well, I get it from him, <laughs> but even it's just it's a jigger in the ocean compared yeah. to yeah. him. We're, we're yeah, exactly. We we're little drops from the ocean. I mean, he's the ocean. And yes, we're, we're like little teaspoons from my it, capacity you know? to love, which I think is a. I have a big capacity to love, yeah. and I know that the Holy Spirit has given me even a larger capacity to love. But I realized after that that experience with God. That my I just I really had no clue to how much he loves me and how he views me. He said, "You're my girl." That's wow. what he said, Callie. You're my girl. Wow. Like he was so proud of me. Wow. And I'm like, I have spent how many years have I spent on a highlight reel, going back over in my mind every time I disappointed the Lord. Yes. And he doesn't even think about it because it's under the blood. It's gone. Yes. It's literally gone. It's not yeah. even on his remembrance. Yes, as far as and then I remembered the book I read wow. by Roland Buck, wow. uh, the Assembly of God minister in the 60s and 70s that wrote the book uh, about angels. He had a wow. visitation from angels. And one of the things that the angel taught him was because he got to go see the book of his life. And he and, and I remembered this when the Lord spoke to me. When when. When he was looking through the book, he couldn't see any mistake he made. And he asked the angel, where are they? And he says, there's no, they're not there. Wow. They're not there. That's amazing. So that's the kind of love 
yes. that, that, that the Father came to reveal to us. Yes. And, and, and that's how powerful the work of the cross was. I think we, we just we don't think it's powerful enough sometimes, apparently, for our sin, but for our thing. No, it, it, it was it was ultimate, it was final. Yes. And if we accept it, it we're forgiven. Absolutely. We're, we're, and we're accepted. And I, I think, you know, it, we are accepted by the Father. And, and um, Paul literally says, he says, the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. He said, it's just, it's just bigger than we can understand. Yes. You know? And... Uh, so we rest in that. We rest in who he is and realize that we're on a journey with him and we're in a relationship with him. He he he, he has covenant keeping faithfulness. Yes. Covenant yes, keeping does. faithfulness. And he'll he'll never he'll never fail on his his side of, of the of the relationship. Never. No. And, and when we do, he, he accepts us back. And and um I I, I think we, we get scared sometimes because I think where the rub comes is is that we want to change. We we want to become better. And God wants it to become better, sure. you know, and, um, and, but it, it has to be in the context of rest and love and, and relationship with him, yeah. you know, and there's gonna be times where he, he, he says, listen, I want you to, you know, Ben talked about the other night crossing the island. Now, I want you to correct something. The, wow. you want you to correct, this is gonna be painful. Yeah, you know? sure. Like, there's sure. no way around it. Like it's gonna be, but see, we can do that if we know he's trustworthy. Right, right. If we know he's a father, we, we can take the step. That well, it's like me taking Callie Ann and correcting her and spanking her or putting her in the corner or whatever yeah. I happen to be doing to discipline her. Maybe it's whatever, whatever. That child knows that I absolutely yes. would walk on coals of fire for her. She knows it. Absolutely. She she ran to me the other, the other Sunday morning and she runs and grabs my legs and goes, Oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. And I got so tickled at her because it was so demonstrative. It's hilarious. But when I correct her, it doesn't make her love me less because no. she's very secure in my love for her. So when I correct her, she you know, she What's might get upset for, for the moment, yeah. but she knows ultimately Mima adores her. Yeah. And my love is so weak and yeah. so uh, my love has limits. Yes. His has no limits. Yeah. We're going to take another moment for a beautiful worship song, and then we'll come back right back to close up this broadcast. Still my heart and and letting all my weakness show. He provides a place for me to go. He lifts me off the ground. I quiet down and rest. He restores my hope again. I lift my eyes. And look to him, he lifts me off the ground. So open up my heart and trust, open up my eyes to see that he who placed the sun, the moon, and stars is he. striving now heaven's peace is all around I say his name and my walls come down he lifts me off the ground so open up my heart and trust 
So as Pastor Jack just so eloquently uh, led us through different um, scenarios in the Bible of how that Jesus not only came to save, but he came to reveal the Father. And when you when you get the revelation of the revelation of the Father, it's really a revelation of his love. And so we are just so um, excited about that revelation. I believe that God is uh, revealing to those that have been listening today even a deeper uh, understanding of his love for you and how much he cares for you and how important you are. And um, I just want to pray, Lord, I just declare a blessing over every listener today. I thank yes, you, Lord, that you're revealing your love to your yes. people. I thank you, Lord, that you're constantly uh, growing my understanding and Pastor Jack's understanding of your love, yes. what it means to know you, what it means to understand who we are in Christ, what it means to operate in our kingdom, anointing and calling through that love, how that everything we do, if we do it according to your will, we do it through your love. I'm realizing, Lord, and I just thank you for that revelation that I can't, that everything I do, I can only do effectively through your love. I yes, can only yes. really live for you the way I want to through your love. I can only love the people that are in my life through your love. I can only be the best mother I can be through your love, the best pastor I can be through your love, the best yes. friend I can be only through your love. And I, I thank you for that revelation. I just pray for everyone listening today, God, that they would get a deeper understanding and deeper revelation of the Father and and what it means to be loved by the Father and accepted by the Father. Yes. I thank you, God, that you're raising up a generation, the church of the living God, to be prayer warriors, to draw close to you, that there's a, there's an anointing for holiness and revival yes, that is being poured out across this land. I thank you, God, that you're giving America a second chance. I really yes. am honored and so thankful that you're giving uh, the hand of God is back on America. And even through our elections, we have seen the hand of God come back on America. And you're giving America an opportunity for the church to arise and be yes. what you, you've called us to be. And I just declare and decree across the airways that men and women of God across this nation are rising up and praying and seeking God and drawing close to the Lord and obeying the voice of the Lord and laying down every every uh, trick of the enemy, every strategy of the enemy. They're, they have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes, and we just declare the blessing of the Lord over every church, every pastor, every city, every yes, every yes. kingdom, every kingdom builder, uh, every Christian kingdom builder across this nation. We declare the blessing of the Lord over you. Uh, I, there's a couple of things I want to remind you. Uh, we're gonna, going to... We're talking about the Her Voice um, um, movement event um, at the end of the year. It is December 7th and the 8th. It's called Her Voice uh, Movement. That's that You can go to Facebook and find it. Join. There's an early bird special for March uh, until March 31st. This is going to be in Portland, Oregon. Uh, there are thousands of women that are already following this. We're excited about what God's doing. We're excited about to to call women from across the nation to come and pray. We just had a fire event here where leaders came from all over the country, and we spent three days in the presence of the Lord, and just amazing things happen, amazing. are happening. You can go to the Her Voice uh, Facebook and keep up with uh, Jenny's host. Jenny and others are hosting fire events and drenched events across the nation this year leading up to our final um 
uh, event December 7th and 8th. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. I also want to encourage you to get behind BPN Radio, begin to listen uh, every day. Um, Prophet Dale Gentry is one of the finest men of God on the planet. He is a man without reproach. He is a man that hears the voice of the Lord. He is a man that spends hours in prayer every day. And I want to encourage you to get behind this ministry and and really to begin to tell your friends and family about what God is doing through this ministry. We love you so much. Have a wonderful uh, day, and we'll see you next week. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.